Hey guys, welcome to the Men's Global Livestream. If you have a Bible, you wanna hold two spots, one in Exodus 13 and one in Deuteronomy 8. And if you don't have your Bible with you, don't worry about it. We're gonna put the verses on the screens. And I wanna really wanna encourage you to download the notes. That way you can write and listen and see and learn. And it just makes for a better experience. If you're joining us for the first time, we're in part three of a series called Roadman. And the idea is really simple. And it's this, every man is traveling the road of life. Kind of makes sense. But every man is also traveling a road to God. And between this moment and the end of the road, when we get to God, the desire is simple. We wanna travel well. We wanna maximize opportunities. We wanna know what to expect as we travel the road to God, with God, and most importantly, expect some adventure, right? So to get us kind of thinking in the right direction for this session, uh, have you ever said or heard maybe one of your kids say or heard someone say, are we there yet? Right? It really doesn't matter whether you're a kid stuck between two siblings in the middle of the minivan or the SUV, or you're an adult who's stuck in the middle seat or on a commercial airliner, right? The bottom line is you wanna get there, right? And there is where you plan to be. There is where you wanna be. There, it, it holds some promise that's better than where you are or better than where you were, right? And there can't get here fast enough, right? And on the road of life and on the road to God and with God, uh, a lot of times we really want God to wear our watch, right? Because we think that is best, right? Skip the process. I don't wanna delay. I don't wanna go off-roading. I just wanna get to where I'm going. But the thing of it is, God's a great coach, he's a great father, he has the big picture in mind, and a lot of times that direct beeline to your next destination isn't gonna be good for you or good for his purposes being worked out in your life, specifically. He knows how to, to get you to a spot on the inside to handle his next destination for you. And if you land there without new character, new maturity, you wouldn't be able to handle that next place of his choosing. It's kind of like before God's man can stand in the promised land and get his hands on all these things that satisfy his desires and it's a land full of blessing, sometimes God before satisfaction gives the gift of desperation. And he takes us off-roading, right, to get to the same destination, but we're not going the way that, that we planned, right? And when that happens, your expectations of either an early or on-time arrival to wherever you thought you were headed and when you thought you were gonna be there, that collides with the reality of a delay, the reality of a di difficulty, a reality of some diversion that's not gonna keep your sense of timing for when you feel that happens, right? And now, in that situation, the road to God has gone off-road, more specifically, off 
the plan, right? And now your faith is getting called out. Your faith is getting worked out, right? Your faith is getting finished out, listen, in a way that had you just had the point A to point B experience, would have never prepared you for where you eventually land. I just think some of the greatest blessings and spiritual advances, career advances, financial advances in my life were when God took me off-road. He took me off plan. He took me off path to reveal something to me about me or to reveal something about him to me, right? Or to do something in me that was essential, that had to be there before he could drop me off in his place of blessing. I, I just remember specifically my, my first Christian girlfriend in college. She, I was on a mission trip, she dumped me. I was like, whoa. And then I remember going, all right, that's not supposed to be my focus. And then I dialed in God and then very directly with my bros and got really serious about my relationship with him. And, and right after I decided to do that, boom, along comes Chrissy, my wife of 36 years. I can remember just professionally starting up a company, the company failing, uh, telling the board, I can't take any more of your money, gotta shut down the company. And just as I did that, my next opportunity and path professionally opened up because something ended, then something new began. And that whole journey of being taken off-road, now in hindsight, I look back and I'm like, whoa, I'm so glad that happened. Even COVID, I mean, we've been in the middle of a global shift. Right before COVID started, we had a 20-city dangerous good tour, which is, by the way, now starting back up. So look for it in a city near you. But it got canceled. I mean, cities, arenas, production things. I mean, it was huge and that went away, but then God took us off path, but then God was also at work and our global live stream audience increased 10 times the size it was. All these other great things started to unfold. So those are just illustrations of in my life. And of course, at the moment, you're not clear on all that because you can't see the future, no crystal ball there, but God does. And we have to have confidence that when we go off road, God takes us off road, off plan, right? Um, he's, he's at work. And so when God takes you off path, right? Just know that the blessing is still there when you go off road, that the purposes are there. And here's the point. When God delivers you right? After you go off road with him, maybe don't go the direct route, but maybe he takes you this way and you do eventually get to land there. What's most important to him is that in this place of blessing, right? That he took you a different route to your relationship with him will not change. Cause we all know guys that a lot of times blessing comfort, lots of material provision, getting what we want, when we want it, in the time frame that we want it, we get comfortable, we start thinking that we're the author of our own success, and our relationship with God gets dry, or it gets disconnected, or we just start practicing self-sufficiency. So God is wise in terms of what will keep us closest to him 
and what will develop our character in him that will meet the demands of reality when he does bless us. And some of you are right there now and you're really gonna enjoy the study. So part three, right? We're gonna look at God working with his people, taking them off road, right? For his purposes and then talk about uh, some of the reasons that God does it specifically so that we can work with him on that. It's, it's good to be aware of why God maybe pressed the pause button or took you a different direction just so that you can work with him with how he's working in you, right? And one of the most famous off-roading experiences, right, in human history is in the book of Exodus, right? It's God's people. We pick up this particular story right at the point where it says that God didn't take him on the shortest path <laughs> into the promised land. We pick that story up in Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 and 18, ready? It so happened that after Pharaoh released the people, God didn't lead them by the road through the land of the Philistines, which was the shortest route. For God thought, if the people encounter war, they'll change their minds and go back to Egypt. So God led the people on the wilderness road around to the Red Sea. The greatest human people group off-ramp ever, right? And uh, you see God's concern there. He knows what they're made of. He knows what will sabotage them. He knows what will impact their relationship with him. He knows how they'll struggle. He knows where it's all leading ahead of time. They don't know that he knows, but he knows. So he's making a command decision as their God and saying, you know what? We're not going that way. We're going that way, right? We're not going point A to point B. We're going Egypt, wilderness, promised land, right? So that because I know you and I know how you're gonna react and I know how you're gonna respond. So when God takes us off road, let's look at what it involves. The first thing it involves is it involves the unplanned, okay? Which means the uncontrollable, right? On your notes or on the screen, you can see the equal sign in there. It just, that's just put the word means, right? Unplanned means uncontrollable. So when something unplanned happens, we get, we freak out because we didn't, that wasn't in the plan and we can't control it, all right? God does that intentionally. Why? Because he's your God and he's sovereign. He's in control. You're not in control, all right? The second thing, when God takes us off-road, it involves the unwelcomed, all right? It's unwelcome, which means, equal sign, that it's uncomfortable, right? Anything unwelcomed is uncomfortable, right? I didn't wanna do that. I didn't wanna go that way. I didn't want for there to be a delay or a difficulty or some diversion in me getting from where I am to where I wanna be, right? It's, it's unwelcomed and it's uncomfortable, right? Again, that's intentional, right? And we'll see that there's a method, certainly, to God's madness when he, it feels like madness to us, when he takes us off-road and it's all on purpose, right? To accomplish something, right? 
third, when God takes us off road, it involves the unknowns, okay? Which means that life becomes unpredictable, right? You knew when you were gonna leave, when you were gonna arrive, what roads you were gonna take to get to a certain destination. On, on your professional journey, on your personal journey, on your family journey, on your relationship journey, right? You were the man with the plan until you weren't. And until there was an off ramp that you couldn't control. And that, you don't know what that means. Like, what does this mean? Now that my plan has changed. And that means it's unpredictable, right? Which again, makes it, makes you feel vulnerable and insecure. So uncontrollable, uncomfortable, unpredictable, right? No one signs up for that. Like we don't go, hey, I really want my life to be uncontrollable, uncomfortable, unpredictable. But that is the context, okay? When uncontrollable things happen, uncomfortable things happen, unpredictable things happen. When those things happen and it makes you vulnerable, who are you gonna turn to? Do you look in to your own resources? Or do you look up? You see, in God's mind, and you have to get this, man of God, in God's mind, there's no other way to accomplish inside of us what the future is gonna demand of us unless he puts us in those situations that demand faith, trust, and the building of relationship with him and experiences with him that will go to work right, in the future. Now, there's a couple of guys in scripture who kind of learned that, right? God took them off road, and just to give us all some hope, especially if you're being taken off road right now, and you're, you're on that wilderness kind of journey that's between where you wanna be and where you were, and you're wondering, all right? Philippians 4, Paul talks about his journey. He says this, for I have learned to be content, if you got the downloaded notes, circle that, because that's what God was building in him. Whatever the circumstances, circle that. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And when you read the Bible, you'll see that there's this um, journey with God, and you can almost track the quality of the connection with God based on comfort and satisfaction and desperation and difficulty. In the comfortable situations and the satisfied where all the needs are being met, man, you know, all of a sudden there's this dialogue with God goes down, relationship with God goes down, you start seeing shiny objects, idols, you know, you see it over and over again, then God has to take them off road. Again, his own men, his own people, right? And then when you see the desperation come in and all of the fantasies uh, go out the window about what it means to walk with God and he's all that they have in this situation, he, they start turning to him, start talking to him, um, now you see the intimacy with God go up. And so Paul is talking about, hey, it doesn't matter if I'm well taken care of or I'm hungry or I'm content, I'm grateful, right? It's, it's hard to be 
gratefully discontent. So we're gonna put con gratitude and contentment in there. Question for you, man of God. When adversity hits, do you, do you become ungrateful and distant with God? Or when prosperity hits, do you become grateful, but over time, then your dialogue with God kind of goes down because all your needs are met. You see why God is so smart in introducing certain resets and recorrections. He's gotta teach Paul to be content whatever the circumstances. Keyword, whatever, right? I know people who are in the middle of chaos and they're more content than the people who are in the middle of calm seas, right? And Paul's just saying, you know, that's a mark of a man of God. It's something that can only come by putting you in circumstances where you could be in a wasteland, but you'd be rejoicing in that wasteland. We're gonna talk more about that later. Look at Job and Job 121, look at what he says. Naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I'll return to the womb of the earth. God gives, God takes, God's name be ever blessed. Now this is chapter one, verse 21. This is on the front end of a massive off-road experience for Job, the man of God. I mean, he really goes through a difficult diversion of life and relationships and circumstances. But his filter is accurate. Going into this time when sort of the, the, the story starts to be written, that things are getting tough, what's his attitude? What's his mentality? He's like, God gives, God takes. I'm, I'm gonna bless God's name. I'm still worshiping. Whether he, 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 I'm in a, he's in a giving mood or in a taking mood to work out his purposes, I'm gonna bless his name. In the Bible, it's called a sacrifice of praise. It's when you affirm God's goodness in spite of suffering or pain. And, and that's, that's the most pleasing type of praise that comes to God. It's not, it's not out of our comfort, it's in faith in the midst of pain where we're saying, yeah, I know this is happening, but you're good. We're gonna unpack that. So let's, let's look at some facts, right, about circumstances, because these are two guys who went through really tough stuff, but they're showing us the way to be and to believe and behave in whatever the circumstances. Write this down. My circumstances, number one, are determined by God. Listen, this is gonna test your view of God right here. No matter what circumstance you're in, Nothing touches you or your marriage, your family, unless it first passes by God. Now that, that can be a head scratcher sometimes, but that's God's character. He is over his universe. He's over the heavens. He's over this, this little blue ball dangling three spots from the sun. He's over all the people on it. He's over every aspect of their lives. Nothing touches you before first passing through him. Understand that. Which means that it is designed by your creator with an intentional purpose that is going to bless you, even though it doesn't seem like it in the moment, and glorify God, and we should be seeking that. Secondly, my circumstances do not define God. And this is 
a huge issue on the road to God. As you're traveling the road of life and the road with God, as you go to God, you have to get this one right. What's going on in your life doesn't affect who God is. If you're going through a huge adversity, it doesn't affect who he is or how he feels about you. If you're going through massive success and riding the wave of prosperity, it doesn't, it doesn't affect who he is, what his commands are, and how he feels like you. But the devil certainly wants you to believe that, that God is absent from you in your adversities, and he's present with you in your prosperities. And that couldn't be further from the truth. That is a lie from hell, and that's how Satan gets into the heads of human beings and believers. Connecting somehow your adversity to judgment and God's, God's lack of present and your prosperity somehow, that's a sign that, that God's with you, all right? Well, that means that it's performance-based, right? And our relationship with God is not based on performance, it's based on the permanence of the person and work of Christ. And so don't listen to that. So my circumstances are determined by God. My circumstances do not define God. My circumstances do not define my relationship with God. Write that down. My circumstances do not define my relationship with God. It's interesting, like we go back to what Paul said. He said, I've learned the secret of being content whatever the circumstances, right? And whatever happens, right? It's that. I'm gonna be with God in the highs and lows, the peaks and the pits, all right? The mountaintops and the valleys, God's with me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not gonna be afraid because he's with me, right? His rod, his staff, they come from me. God's working it out. And just to give you the backstop for why that is always true, it's the gospel. God was with Jesus when he was in the kangaroo court of justice. God was with Jesus when they were whipping him with that special rope, with that special whip that takes out chunks of flesh. God was with Jesus and in that process when he's bleeding and carrying that cross down the, the Via Dolorosa on the way to Calvary. God is with Jesus as they are driving the nails in his hands. God is at work. Now, people looking at that with, with, with a wrong view of God are saying, there's no purpose in this. Why him? He's a great guy. Look at all the people he helped. He did these miracles. He healed me. You know, why is it him? What they didn't know is that God had the master picture, the sovereign picture. God knew what he was doing, and he was saving you and I in that very moment. All right, lastly, my circumstances are being used by God. Write that down. Kind of highlights my point I just made, right? If God can use a bloody cross, which made sense to no one in the moment, right? And the torture and crucifixion of his only son for our redemption, he certainly can use what's going on in your life. And some of you needed to hear that today. God is not wasting your wilderness, all right? And don't let it be wasted. God is at work. Thank him right now without knowing how that he is using it because if he can use what happened to Jesus to bring humanity over into relationship with God, should we choose it through the person and work of Christ, he can use 
what you're going through. And that's where we need to fight back. That's where we need to recognize that God's allowing something to happen. It doesn't define him. He hasn't changed how he feels about you. And it's not going to define your relationship with him because he's using the circumstances. That's why God's the potter and, and we're the clay. Question, who has the vision for the clay? It's not the clay. It's the potter. The potter is shaping. The potter is molding. The clay doesn't say to the potter, why did you make me this way? Or why are you allowing, what are you, why are you molding me like that? What? The potter has the vision and we need to say, Lord, thank you for your vision for my life. Thank you that you know what you're doing. I can't see it. I can't feel it maybe right now, but I thank you that you know what you're doing. All right, so that's kind of the foundation for off-roading. It's a theme in the Bible. It puts us into a position to accomplish some things in our lives with God and perhaps for people in our lives that in other situation wouldn't accomplish, right? We got to get our mind right when it comes to our circumstances. We're not going to let our thinking about our circumstances define our relationship with God, and we're not going to play the devil's game that somehow, because my circumstances are negative, God's negative on me. My circumstances do not define who God is or how he acts right toward me. Now, let's look at when we go off roading with God, what specifically is God doing? Um, number one, God is illuminating what's inside of us, okay? When we go off-road and God takes us into the wilderness, what's he got in mind? Well, we hear from Moses in Deuteronomy 8 that right before entering the promised land, he's got hindsight, he's looking back, and he's going, okay, everybody, let's just remember, all right, why God did what he did. Listen to how Moses phrases this to let people know how God was at work when he took them off-road. It says this, all right, be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord God led you all the way in the wilderness for these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart whether or not you would keep his commands. That's an inside job, men, to humble you. Where? On the inside. To test you. Where? On the inside. To know what was in your heart. Where's that? Inside. God is using the off-road experience, taking you perhaps into a wilderness that makes you feel like things are uncontrollable, uncomfortable, and unpredictable to see what's inside of you, right? Pressure reveals substance, right? When you're with a person and everything's going great, you're not seeing who they really are. You wanna see who they really are? Put them under a little pressure. Light a little fire. Don't give them what they want when they want it, all right? Give them a difficulty, a delay. Give them a diversion. Watch what comes out of the inside. That's what God is up to, all right? So God is revealing to us right now where his focus is. His focus isn't on making everything a chess 
board in your life so that you can make the right moves to get to the certain spot so that your goals can be accomplished. He wants to see you from the inside out. God sees you right now from the inside out. God wants to mature you from the inside out. God wants to deliver you from fear uh, with his love from the inside out. God wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit from the inside out so that good things come out, come out of the good man because of the good that is stored up in him. And we don't store up good righteousness, good character, good maturity, good integrity, all right, in a vacuum. We wish we could, but no, we have to go through stuff to get those precious things. Look at Philippians 1.6 on your notes. It says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work, where? In you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So, the work in us, the Bible says, is more important than the destination for us or getting to the destination. You follow? Egypt, wilderness, promised land, all right? Off-ramp, off-road. Then Deuteronomy 8, Moses is talking to the people. Remember, remember what God was doing when he took us off-road Gonna humble us inside, test us inside. He wants an x-ray of what rules your heart. He wants to see what's in your heart, see what's in your character. And I love the language that Paul uses in Philippians, being confident of this, all right? Guys, let that speak right now. I am confident of this, that God who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. So that's the end of the road right? Which is then we transition and now we're forever with him. But this road of life, this road with God, God's at work. God's at work where? In you. He's more concerned with the work in you than the destination for you or the work through you. He is concerned about your character more than he is about your comfort because he wants you to manage the blessing when you do arrive in a mature way that has spiritual integrity where no matter if you're going through adversity or prosperity, your relationship with God doesn't change. You're content. You're loving him. You're worshiping him, whether you have plenty or whether you have want, whether you're, you're, you're naked or, or whether you're fully clothed, whether you're hungry or whether you're full. Your relationship with God doesn't change based on your circumstances. Now, that doesn't mean we gloss over all the hard things and we don't feel or anything like that, but our core Heart commitment is with God. Even if we need to say in faith, the Lord gives, the Lord takes, God's name be blessed forever. And we say it in faith and we offer a sacrifice of praise, right? Where feelings aren't the driver, but our faith is. We know God's good. Secondly, right? First, God is illuminating what's inside. Secondly, God is eliminating idols, right? Under pressure, men are tempted, and I think we all can relate to this, guys. Men are tempted to go back to what they know for comfort, right? Old girlfriends, old habits, old addictions. It's sort of like, you know, we in the moment and under pressure, all of a sudden, bondage, right, becomes more attractive to us than it did before. And that's what happens with God's people in 
on, on their off-road experience. They start, they start painting pictures in their mind of Egypt, right? And we hear them talk about this, right? Like when they were, they forget how horrible that was, but somehow because they're a little uncomfortable right now and God's teaching them stuff, he's illuminating what's inside, he's eliminating their idols, they think that Egypt's better, right? Than being free. Look at what they say. In Numbers 11, another description while they're off-roading, the misfits among the people, okay, had a craving, and soon they had the people of Israel whining, why can't we have meat? We eat fish in Egypt and got it free to say nothing of the, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and garlic. But nothing tastes good out here. All we get is manna, manna, manna. All right? So God is at work and he's changing their appetite, all right? He's saying, man, are you, gonna, are you gonna love me when you got the whole grocery store there or when you just have one thing, right? And there's this discontentment, this ingratitude, right? That that's not gonna work. Cause guess what, when they get to the promised land, They'll be discontent and ungrateful there too, right? And so God is eliminating, right, these things that become more important than him. Jesus points out that there are certain threats to God's work in your life and your relationship with God in Mark 4, 19. says this, this is Jesus. The worries of this life the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in, what's the, what's the consequence? And choke the word, making it unfruitful. You choke the word of God in your life, you choke your relationship with God out, right? What's the culprit? Who's putting his followers into rear naked chokeholds and they have to tap out, right? It's the world, right? It's the lust of the eyes. It's the lust of the flesh. It's the pride of life. It's the desires for other things, right? Here's God. He's in your life. He gets kicked out, and the desire for other things takes his place. That is called an idol. We've now put this above God. And trying to blend those two worlds, and some of you hearing my voice are trying to do it now. You're trying to blend a worldly passion with your faith in Christ, and the Holy Spirit is saying to you in this moment, sorry, you can't have those two things coexisting. I mean, Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. You're gonna have to serve me, I need to be first. I need to be ahead of your money. I need to be ahead of your flesh. I need to be ahead of your material thirsts and hungers and wants and desires, you, you're supposed to love me first. All your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. That's your identity. That's how you define yourself. Not by how much you have, not by how many female conquests you have, not by the, the title on your business card or your Facebook profile, whatever, right? So God takes us off road, why? He's illuminating what's inside, humble tests, know what's in our heart. And secondly, he's eliminating things that threaten your connection to him and his, 
his, his preeminence, his, his place in your life. Third, God is cultivating faith. And this is the third leg of the stool when you go off road with God. Moses gives another warning to God's people after that little passage I read um, from Deuteronomy 8. He continues to, to warn them and he, he says, he humbled you, right? Look, look at your notes. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, then feeding you with manna. Listen to this statement, which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, right? They got to experience the supernatural. When you experience the supernatural, right, that increases your faith. You have a personal encounter. Oh my gosh, we had nothing, and then all of a sudden this, this divine manna would, would show up, and they had to depend on God daily for, for that, that food, right? So what is the Bible, what is God, what is Moses trying to get across in coaching up God's people? Hey, body's important, soul is more important. Food's important, word of God's more important than food. In fact, Jesus even said that. The disciples are like, hey, did you have lunch? My food's to do the will of him who sent me. Satan comes and tempts him, right? Tries to get him to compromise his his fast and prayer time with God. Hey, you're hungry, been out here 40 days, turn the stone into bread. He quotes this, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, right? So God, when he takes us off road, as Moses is pointing out, is cultivating faith, trust, intimacy, Right? How, many, how many of you would agree that my problems don't leave me the same way they find me? My problems don't leave my relationship with God the same way as when I started in that off-road experience either. Either I will, I will move toward, toward pride and self-sufficiency, right? get back control of the circumstance, or I will move forward in healthy and humble dependency upon God, all right? That's it, you know? When God takes you off-road, he's gonna see what's inside. What's inside comes outside. And the man of God gets more humble and more dependent and more faithful. Look at what the psalmist says in Psalm 119, 71 and 72, it says this. It was good for me to be afflicted, past tense, so that I might learn your decrees. The law from your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold, right? Boy, there's the cultivating of faith through the gift of desperation. You know, there are some of you that God has given you that gift of desperation. There are uncontrollable and unpredicted things that have entered your life. And this is a hindsight. The psalmist says it was good for me to be afflicted. He's looking back on his off-road wilderness experience. And he's saying, you know what? I didn't waste it. I got into God's word. Some of you needed to hear that. God is giving you this time, right? This gift of desperation, this delay, this difficulty, this diversion, this time of where things have been unpredictable and uncontrollable and uncomfortable to get you 
here, to get you back in his word, right? To reset the preciousness of his promises, the truths to believe, the commands to obey, right? The promises to claim. And if you want a, a step one, go get a promise right now. Open the Bible. This is what Satan doesn't want you to do. It's funny, every morning I, I'm like, get this little pressure. It's just like, are you gonna open that or not? Keep it closed, keep it closed. And then I just go like that. Because Satan doesn't want me to do that. Why? Because he doesn't want me to be intimate and learn God's commands for, for today, God's promises for today in my situation, or, or truths about who he is and what he wants to accomplish. Last scripture on cultivating faith is from Deuteronomy 32. And it's, a, again, it's a hindsight about Moses being taken off road. All right, this is so picturesque, all right? If you got your notes, let's read it together, right? In a desert land, he found him. In a barren and howling waste, he shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye like an eagle that stirs up its nests and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. The Lord alone led him. No foreign God was with him. Man, hey, God's with you. Doesn't matter what your feelings say. Your feelings are just a dashboard light that goes on that lets you know something's up. But your feelings aren't the facts, right? Remember, circumstances do not define God, which means that they, they do not define God's presence. Don't believe that lie, right? Here's the beauty of going off-road with God, and we're gonna affirm it through God's word. Look at Deuteronomy 8, 16, it says this. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. I, I underlined something your ancestors had, had never known. They had a new, they experienced God in a new way. Where? On the shortest distance, A to B, God said, nope, we're gonna go this way. And it was there off-road in the wilderness, taking a different direction, still gonna get there, but it was out here that they experienced the supernatural, okay? Not when they were on their predictable, controllable, comfortable path, all right? Supernatural happened here when they were given the gift of desperation. So let's unpack that for just some simple application. When you go off-road with God, here's the beauty. You're gonna meet God in a new way. Write that down. You're gonna meet him in a new way something your ancestors had never known, something you had never experienced, right? Secondly, you're gonna see God in a new way. You know, when God's people go off-road with God, man, they, they see stuff that people who, who said no thanks or who love, love, love the paved road, right? Versus maybe some cool off-roading with God. People who go that way, with God, they see God in a new way. Third, they experience God in a new way. Just new experiences. They meet him in a new way, they see him in a new way, they experience God, and you come out of that off-roading experience with a new relationship with God, 
a new trust in God, new faith in God, the idols are out of the way, right? You've learned something about yourself, right? And now you're ready to enter in to that blessed space where God's confident, you're confident, you're content. Even if that next place goes north or south, you're cool with God. And that's what he wants. He wants your character to have the demands so that meet reality. He wants your insides to be able to handle it where he's taking you. And I love this passage from Isaiah, which we'll close with. He says this, see, I am doing a new thing. God's up to new stuff. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way, look, where? In the wilderness and streams in the wasteland, right? What your feelings and what the devil wants you to think is that this off-roading experience, this delay, this difficulty, this test, this trial, right? That God somehow is not at work there. God says, no, I am at work. I am making a way in the wilderness and I'm, I'm running streams in the desert, right? If you'll connect with me by faith. If you'll let me illuminate what's inside, if you'll let me eliminate the idols in your life, if you'll let me cultivate faith and thank God for this, this gift maybe of a little more desperation in your life. Because now you're really reaching out to the Lord. You're humbled by the Lord. You're being tested by the Lord. God's seeing what's in you. You're seeing what God sees. And he's with you and he loves you and he's forgiving you and he's growing you up. Right, And so that's where we want to kind of cap it off, guys, here is just to say there is a beauty and power and ministry going off-road. So God may have delivered you from one place of bondage, and he's got a place of blessing for you right now in your season, but maybe you feel like it's not coming fast enough, it's not trust the Lord right? He knows what he's doing. He's doing these things, all right? So let's seal the word that God has delivered to us right now in prayer. Put down your pencils wherever you are. If you're jogging, if you're in a Starbucks, just put your hands uh, in a position to receive this blessing. Let's seal it. Father, thank you so much that you are doing new things. New things are springing up, and we're the ones who need to perceive it. Thank you for your word. Thank you that um, we see in your people ourselves, Lord. We see a people who need to have a revelation of themselves, that you showed your people and are showing us what's on our insides when you take us off-roading and into the wilderness, Lord. You're eliminating idols, Lord. You're clarifying for us what's important and what's first. You're cultivating faith. We're realizing that what's most important are you, your word, people, your purposes. That's it. And so we thank you by faith for taking us off road that yes, we're blessed, but we're also challenged. Every man listening to me is challenged. And God, we're going to thank you for the challenges. Lord, we're at peace because our future is set, but we're also a little curious about what you're doing. And we thank you for where you are taking us. Father, I declare in the name of Jesus that every man listening to my voice, he is going to trust you, God, in his wilderness. He's going to trust you 
when things don't go according to plan. He's gonna trust you. You're gonna humble him, test him, and he's gonna come out of the fire, meeting you in a new way, seeing you in a new way, experiencing you in a new way. Holy Spirit, fill us. Holy Spirit, illuminate for us. Holy Spirit, give us eyes to see and step into and embrace, Lord, the challenges in our lives, thanking you for them. We thank you for the challenges in our lives because you're at work, God. Thank you that circumstances do not define you and you are using every circumstance as the potter envisions something great happening with the clay. You envision something really great, God, and you're working at it and you're molding and shaping. And I just seal that process right now with every man listening to my voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, okay, that's cool. Make sure you tell a friend about this study or maybe even bring this study to your church or your men's group and we will see you for part four next week.